Time to play the game! That's right, Moon Goons. It is time to play the game, but this is one game you do not want to play. We watch How to Make a Monster. We watch it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. the horrible horror the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies i'm your host mr marshall hampton with me over zoom today we're doing this remotely as my co-host my buddy mr aaron southworth aaron how are you doing this evening doing pretty good man st louis has gone a little crazy over the weekend so like two police officers were shot right down the street from me a guy bored himself inside a house and it was like a 10 hours 12 hour standoff Jesus then, Christ. <laughs> at the old bar that we used to drink at, actually not too far away from where I live, also one of our old stomping grounds, Haha Twisted Tiki, there was three people shot in that. Awesome. Um, that's pretty crazy <laughs> considering we actually talked to the owners at one time about possibly doing a podcast and like doing our podcast live in there. Yeah, we did. Uh, we've been we doing there for years. Uh, hope everyone's well, but man, it's been a little nuts. Yeah, keep it classy, St. Louis. Come on, guys. <laughs> Get your shit together. I don't even know, I don't know what it's all about, but that's insane. Um, but on to a different note, we're here to talk about a little movie called how to make a monster. This, <laughs> this movie is something else. Uh, it's definitely a product of its time. Um, it was released on October 14th of 2001, apparently as a straight to TV movie, uh, based on the language in this thing. I'm not sure what channel would have been on if it was like made for like an hbo or like a late night usa movie or something i don't yeah, know yeah because straight straight to dvd straight to video you said or straight to it's channel, a t- or? it was a tv movie like it, it, so i don't know like a sci-fi channel yeah, but there's some language it's got gore and it's got titties and it does have that's the big thing it's got titties in it i'm like huh weird but okay so maybe it's like some weird like uh cinemax or showtime movie that they did right. for a while who knows uh, but if you really want to watch this thing, which uh, you can find it on YouTube for free right now, um, it's also per- you can purchase it on disc from Amazon if you want to buy it. Uh, I don't know about Tubi. I don't know if it's on Tubi or not. I didn't really check there. Um, yeah, it's on YouTube. No commercials. You're good to go. It's good quality too. Yeah, it's not. It's it's pretty good quality on YouTube for this one. Uh, written directed by George Huang. Um, really nothing much to say about him. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, first off. We have Drummond, who's played by Stephen Culp. This guy's got 124 credits to a name, including American Horror Story, the uh, TV show Scream Queens, that I thought was pretty fun. Uh, he was on CW's The Arrow. He was also a small part in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, he's been on Desperate Housewives. And he was Robert Campbell and Jason Goes to Hell, Friday 13th, Part 9. He was in that. Uh, next, our meet our lead... Uh, pretty much our lead character, our, our main actor, actress is uh, Laura, played by Clea Duvall. She's got 85 credits, very recognizable face. She's been in Argo. Uh, she does have a very unique face. Yes. Uh, she was in She's All That, Can't Hardly Wait. She was in the, the 
the grudge the american the original american version of the grudge she was also in ghost of mars and she starred in the faculty which is probably where most people probably know her from uh she was kind of like the goth chick in that one uh kind of she's became- also in one, one of my favorite buffy episodes it's about this high school student who just is unpopular no one sees her she's you know no one pays attention to her and she actually becomes invisible and like kills people oh it's pretty good that sounds pretty actually pretty awesome uh, and then we have Hardcore, who's played by Tyler Maine. Most people probably know him now, but he was Sabretooth in the X-Men. He was also Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie uh, movies. But he was also Ajax in the Brad Pitt Troy movie. And he's an ex-professional wrestler. And while he wrestled in WCW, he went by the name Big Sky and was tag team partners with Vinny Vegas, who is more commonly known as Diesel and Kevin Nash. So he was Kevin Nash's tag team partner for a while. God damn. In WCW. That'd be uh, a gigantic, ridiculous team. I think they're called the Skyscrapers, I think. Or no, is that the one that Undertaker was on for a short while? There was a tag team that was like the Skyscrapers. There's just these giants of men on there. Um, all right, so then we have uh, Bug, played by James Marston. This guy's more of a voice actor, mostly recognizable. He's got 207 credits, very successful voice actor, like I said. He was the voice of Max Goof in a Goofy movie. He was also in Hocus Pocus. He was, he's the voice of Bart Allen and Kid Flash in Young Justice. He's also done voices on Scooby-Doo, Star Wars, The Old Republic, Final Fantasy video games, X-Men, Destiny video game, and Baldur's Gate 2. Some of the more popular, very successful video games he's been a part of. Uh, And then Saul is played by Kareem Prince. This guy was on Born the Beautiful, Malcolm in the Middle, and he was a Power Ranger in Power Rangers, and he was in Power Rangers Zero. Uh, And lastly, a person I'll mention who's in it very briefly, but Julie, played by Julie Strain. Uh, she's been in tons of low-budget horror movies and titty movies, uh, like movies like Bear Wench Project 1, 2, and 3, You've Got Female, uh, Sex Court the Movie, and Planet of the Erotic Apes are some of her more classy titles. She was also in the movie Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair, Oh, well, where okay. she's in the gym and she's doing the arm curls, and every time she like or does the, she's doing the chest fly. The butterfly. And every time she yeah. moves her arm back, her tits get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you hear them like they're getting so ridiculously big, and you see Leslie Nielsen off camera, and you hear boom, like the exploded. <laughs> and she was really in, uh, like heavy metal, the second heavy metal movie or something, like heavy metal twenty twenty one or whatever the second heavy metal was. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, there you go. Heavy metal two thousand. Thank you. Um, so that's really all we're going to mention in the cast. So let's, let's uh, hold on. Oh. Wait, you forgot, you forgot Colleen camp, Colleen camp, Colleen camp. Okay. So she played the, uh, she was the executive in this movie, you know, the, the, the bossy. Oh, that's I, okay. I didn't look her up. I didn't really know. So who that Colleen was. camp was the wife of Noah from Noah's arcade in Wayne's world. Okay. But what probably most famously known for is her sweet ass titties as Yvette the maid in Clue? That was she's Yvette. That's yes. Yvette. Yes. What? Did, oh my yes. god! I didn't even look her up. I was like, oh, I didn't recognize the name, so or, I didn't go that far into the gas. But that's amazing. I, that's so cool. I, Yvette did have like, some sweet, like, sweet titties. Shit, that's Yvette. <laughs> well, good on you for recognizing that because I didn't pick up on that. Then that Yvette did have some sweet titties. The years have not been as kind. No, but I, mean, I can't. Like, can we talk about Clue? <laughs> that was such a fucking smoke show. I know, man. As a kid, like I first saw that when I was like eight or ten or something like that, eight, and watching Yvette in that movie for the first time as a as a budding young boy, like a young man, like in that made up, I'm like, hello. 
And when I, she's, I that screen when she's, when she's squeezing up the stairway into the attic yes. with Mr. Green, those teeth, like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and, and when she's, when she's what, like, polishing the, like some some crystal listening to shake rattle and roll as yeah. she's bouncing her <laughs> i did not Jeez. know that was a vet oh my god that's that's crazy <laughs> okay i'm glad i can contribute i'm so glad he did that's awesome all right so the movie we open straight away at the credits uh it plays over these close-ups of like various mechanical parts and pieces and shit and it, it kind of looks like a, a shitty headless terminator exoskeleton yeah. With flashing lights behind it or in it or something like that. That's a great way of describing it. Shitty ex- exoskeleton of a retarded Terminator. <laughs> so. um, and then we cut to some very dated and crappy CGI video game footage, which turns out to be some video game that some kids are playing. And there's this group of about five or six kids are sitting around this circular table. Each kid has got its own TV game console. And they're all playing this game. And the kids are, they're playing the game. They're laughing. And in comes Clea Duvall with a plate of cookies for them, but tells them that they first have to fill out these gaming test cards. So that, yeah. So basically the kids How, are like a test group for like they're play testing of this new video game. That this How was the game? Making. Was it scary? And they're like, no, it's not scary. It looks like a stupid Muppet. Ah, yeah. So. Uh, we learned the name of the game is Evolution. Um, and like I said, and Aaron, now we just get a bunch of fast paced cuts of the kids just wrecking the game. It sucks. It's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, but it's all like, uh, like talking headshots. Like they're on like the real world, like the confessionals, like an office shot. It's just like their heads saying how shitty the game is looking right into the camera. Um, so, and we see this in the room, there's this fish tank and it lights up. And when it lights up, we see that the fish tank is acting like a two way mirror. And in the room on the other side is where, uh, we meet where where Yvette is, <laughs> the, yeah. the, game, the the three game developers and Yvette Faye and she's her name's Faye in this but fuck it it's Yvette now, um, <laughs> um, and basically uh, Yvette fires all the game designers on the spot. It's like, well, the kids hate it. You suck. You're all fired. This isn't out. scary. The game the game is not scary. The yeah. game needs to be scary. You can't make it scary. You're out of here. Exactly. So then we just cut to Stephen Culp, aka Drummond, in a job interview giving a monologue about how to sell video games and his strategy and all this stuff. And this leads to a montage of other interview footage where we are introduced to our new main cast. We meet hardcore who I guess is an ex criminal with a rap sheet or something. They kind of flash up on screen. Then we yeah. have the bug, the twitchy nerdy guy who was a patient in a mental hospital. Uh, and keep in mind, like none of this we learn about ever comes back into play. Like, Oh, Okay, maybe they're sort of like, oh, see the kid? He was crazy in the hospital. Maybe he's a computer. Oh, hardcore is a killer. He was in prison. Maybe he's the killer. None of it ever comes back or even gets brought up no. in the movie at all. And it's it's kind of a cool it's kind of a cool concept, honestly. Yeah. You know, they're showing them to, doing the interview and they're showing like, you know, hardcore's like prison papers and they're showing like uh, Bugs' uh, mission papers to the mental hospital, and it shows like a list of diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, then they have the other guy, Saul, um, who is the overly confident black guy who loves spinning Benoit balls in his hands. That's his thing. Yeah. I forget, they're not really, I forget what they're called, but they're basically Benoit balls. <laughs> I love it, Benoit balls. Uh, after the interview montage, we cut to our three new game developers walking into a new workspace where they get greeted by uh, Drummond. Uh, they start to settle in. In comes Clea Duvall, welcomes them. She introduces herself as Laura, the intern. And Hardcore instantly accuses her of being a spy who is there to steal their work for another company. And I'm like, and, but also at this point, I'm like, holy fuck, I'm sorry. 
in this first scene with Hardcore, like I can't take Tyler Maine serious as this giant badass ex-criminal tough guy because his Canadian accent in this first scene is coming on so thick. And I, it's like sweet, thick maple syrup. Like, I just want to sit down <laughs> and share a box of Tim Hortons donuts with this guy instead of, like, being intimidated by him. Like, Talk about hockey a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So they go about unpacking their bags. The first thing Sal unpacks is his Benoit balls. The first thing he takes out of it. And then Hardcore just dumps a duffel bag on his desk. And out comes a cascade of various large bladed swords axes i think there was a morning star in there I'm like what the fuck there's a, there's a fucking like lucille type bat in there too i mean it's it's ridiculous how many weapons he has i'm like what 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 is what is going on with this guy yeah like, it, like how do you bring that to work with you um so they all set up their workstations they start and then they start tossing like components and, and objects around like they're well-oiled team from like Mission Impossible, yeah, or like no, the Harlem Globetrotters or something. But this is strange because it's gonna. Come, I'm gonna come up with it later. I mean, it's like you can tell they're like a little rough with each other, but it's like brothers almost. You know? Yeah, it's but the like, thing is that they. But and then they're like tossing things to each other and like not even looking. They're doing like yeah, they're doing the like air. no look behind the back passes and just no look grabs. It's like they. It's right, like they've been right. doing this for so, years, but they've just exactly. met each other. They've. This is the first time they've no, met no, no, each no, other. No, no, no. No, they worked together. They talked about how they worked together. They did? I Did I miss yes, that? Okay. I thought this was like the very first time they'd met each other. I'm like, how are you guys no. throwing the shit off if you've never met? Okay. They're a team. They're a team. They've, they've always been a team. That's why the guy who's the main, like the head dude of the small team, he's the one who gets them the gigs because they're, they're such outcasts. They're such like negative people. Well, I knew that, so they, I, but I thought they were all individual. Like he's, he's bringing no, no, together no. like his they're, A team, but they've never worked together before. No, they work together because he says they. I've, I've done move because he talks about how he's done games with them before, and they bring that they bring the scary. You gotta. He was like, but only I can really wrangle him in. All right, I I, I do remember saying that, but again, I thought he was speaking of him individually, not as a, as a, as a whole again. So, all right, I take my point back, but yeah, they're still doing like crazy home Grove probably show like hard drives and stuff. Um, so, uh, the new guys. They look at the game footage that the old developers made, and then they just basically rip it apart and say how amateur yeah. it is, and this sucks, and blah, blah, blah. In comes the vet uh, wanting to know how they can improve it and, and and make it scary and tells them they only have four weeks to complete the game because everyone knows that super rushed games always turn out to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, the, 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 the guys are like, fuck you. This, that's bullshit. They're like, that's stupid. Like, you're, 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 we're, it's, it's not gonna go, go well. It's right. gonna suck. And, and we're, we also, don't want to put our names on it. Right. And she also tells them that there could be spies everywhere from other companies and that there are security cameras all around constantly watching them. And I'm, at this point, I'm like, why is everyone so goddamn paranoid about corporate espionage? I mean, calm the fuck down, you jabronis. Like, oh, and like, and they like, work. It, like, the doors will lock down. There's yeah. a high tech security system. It's like system. a fucking, like, underground nuclear bomb shelter they're working with like metal doors that lock shut like they're gonna keep like godzilla in or something like that it's, and, it's like the hive from resident evil yeah and it's like these guys it's acting like we're gonna the nsa or cia or something there's some fun no they're at some tiny un, unknown video game company uh, yeah because even tyler may when he first comes in he goes this place is a dump yeah i lack dumps and i'm like oh there's a doo-doo joke <laughs> dumps. um so at this point, they're like, fuck this. We're, we're not working here. This is stupid. And they start packing up their stuff, but Yvette stops them from leaving. 
by saying, hey, if you guys do a good job, uh, there's a bonus of $1 million in it for whoever does like the best work or something like that. Whoever does the most impressive work will get a bonus of a million dollars. And then with that, Yvette leaves. Uh, and then we just jump, time jump, three weeks later. So they had a four-week time window to get this on. Now we jump straight to, to week number four. We've passed the three weeks. Laura enters the basically the bomb shelter workspace with like food for everyone or something, but finds the room empty. She goes to feed the fish, and then that's when Hardcore comes up behind her and shoots a fucking crossbow bolt like at her, nearly missing her by like a foot, and stick the bolt goes right into a cabinet, you know, a, a door. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he tells her he's like not messing around with other don't like, hey, bitch, don't mess with other people's stuff, especially his. And she's like, hey, I'm just feeding the fish. You know, I'm not going through your stuff. I'm just feeding the fish. Uh, Hardcore like the cross, tells her her crossbow's name, his crossbow name, or the bolt or something, whatever. It's called the Soul Claw, and it goes in clean, but it comes out messy. And I'm like, kind of like a dick fucking a girl on her period. Ha <laughs> ha, boing. Uh, and then it rips the boy out of the wall, which takes a large chunk of wall with it. And at this point, I'm like, this whole company is an HR nightmare. I can't imagine the lawyer fees these people have. They're imprisoning their, their employees. Their employees are bringing crossbows and shooting at each other with this. Like, it's insane. Uh, just pure insanity. Uh, but the scene gets even better here because Harker goes over to his desk. He asks Laura why she even bothers with the fish. And she's like, hey, I can't just let them die. To which he replies, sure you can. He then takes a, picks up this large knife from his pile of murder weapons on his desk and um, and uses it to slice his, he slices his finger open, a deep cut, and then says to her, uh, says to her, in this life, you have to be PFD, programmed for destruction. And then he licks the blood off of his finger. And I was like, what is going on in this here? Like, this is so fucking bonkers. And we're only 12 minutes into the movie already. And this shit is just off the rails as far as character. Like, what is happening with these, what's going on with these people and this, this company they're working for? Honestly, uh, honestly, I'm in. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in. Um, and it kind of looks like they all end up, like, might live in this place. And it turns out they don't, but the sense you give, like, they're living out here because they're bringing in food. And there's, like, a kitchen here, and there's a bathroom. There's, like, lounges. Like, there's, like, I thought they were, like, forced to live here. Because um, she brings uh, hardcore mouthwash and deodorant, and then goes puts a kettle, like a teapot, on a stove. Um and then takes a bottle of wine into a room where Sal's working. And she notices the computer screen on his desk is rapidly flashing all these various images of, like, war and Charles Manson and all these terrible, horrible things like that have gone Hitler on. Hitler and yeah. Vietnam massacres and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And kind of reminded me of uh, Fifth Element, that scene with Lilu types in what war is. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he tells her that he ran a web search on the word monster and... All of it's going to be, you know, all this is going on to his million dollar AI engine and that this would be like no game ever made. It, you know what? Fuck this. Um, it's kind of nonsense. So I'm just going to play this. I actually recorded this clip of what Sal is let talking about. Let him explain it. So yeah, let him explain. Here's Sal. Uh, what is that? There we go. I ran a net search on the word monster and there's a lot of heinous shit out there. And all of it's going on my million dollar AI engine. <laughs> So the test kids aren't going to use words like AI engine. No, but they will use words like challenging, exciting, kick-ass. 
They're gonna know this ain't no crackerjack game you can just memorize a bunch of keystrokes to win. No, no, this game is gonna help you think. It's gonna learn as you play. No game will ever be the same. No game will ever be dull. Yeah, and your AI engine is gonna give evolution a brain. No, no, better. It'll give the game personality. See, a game is only as good as its programming, which is a direct reflection of its programmer. See, it's a whole Zenflow mirror to the soul kind of thing. And if you input all of this into my Obhedar, it's... You'll get one psycho monster. <clears throat> one brilliant psycho monster. Ah, that's it. Give me skin on that, baby. Yeah, so what? Give me skin what, you think those new puppets baby. are doing better work? You think I should be concerned with Bud's lame-ass musical score? Hardcore does have some pretty intense stuff. Oh, he does? Really? Intense? That's funny. I don't see a thing. God damn it! Alright, so there's his whole explanation. And then what you hear at the end is like, you hear him like I said, this is where they start restarting how they, they're like, they start fucking each other, like sabotaging each other's work. So, that, so they're trying to get that million dollars. So like... And Basically, what Sal does is, is like where, deletes all of Hardcore's files. He goes and deletes this, all of Hardcore's work. This is where it's like they just showed and they talked about how this is a team and they're throwing things behind each other's backs and they, like you see, like almost as if like they like you said they've been working together so much. Yeah, they might not get along great, but I had I've kind of at first got the sense that they were like kind of like you know, yeah, I'll pick on my brother, but no one picks, no one else can pick on my brother. That kind of thing. Maybe, but. Then they're constantly bickering and sabotaging each other instead of working as a team. Yeah. Considering they show them as such a co cohesive unit, and now they're basically it's all man one every man for themselves. Yeah, I, I I know it's very contradictory. I agree with you. Like, yeah, they go from the we're we're well oiled machine tossing things around getting stuff. Now it's like, fuck you! I'm erasing your hard drive and deleting everything you've done. Yeah, um, it's very goes it's very back and forth. It doesn't really make sense uh, either. Um, so and then at basically you know uh. Just like hardcore with his PFD line, Sal goes on to say at one point, you have to be mean to make that green or something like that. So everybody's got a little catchphrase line about being an asshole, basically, in this world. Uh, we cut to Drummond on the phone in his office with Yvette, telling her that the bonus money, uh, or bonus contest, is not helping the project but hurting because everyone's, like I said, trying to fuck each, yeah. fuck each other over. Laura brings in some coffee. He gets off the phone uh, as lights start to flicker, which he blames on the overloaded systems uh, in, in, in the building. Drummond asks her why she's here. I mean, why is she working here? Bringing, being such a pretty young blonde girl, she should be out in the world living it up, looking for her Mr. Big. Now, I'm surprised to get a Sex and the City reference in this movie. Was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> in, instead of being here with them geeks and all that. She tells them some story about her friend who did meet her Mr. Big. Things started out great until Mr. Big's trust fund ran out and he became Mr. Stalker and Mr. Get Your Hands Off Me. And that's why she's taking her chances here with the geeks. So Laura is now about to pitch, some, wants to pitch some idea to Drummond. Like she's got an idea. When he looks over and sees hardcore, like double hand choking Sal, looking like he's about to give Sal like a double arm choke slam or something like that. Uh, so Drummond rushes out to break it up. He's, he explains to him that this infight is not worth the million dollars because if they come together and the game does well, they'll end up making more money eventually. Leads to bigger, better things. During this, we see Bug enter accompanied by some Amazon-looking woman in a black vinyl coat. Dude, now, this woman is gigantic. Yeah, like, I must say, she might not be that Amazon-ish in real life, but next to Bug, who's like maybe 5'5", five, five, he's super short, this woman is gigantic. Uh, she looks she like looks Giganto, honestly. It's, 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 she's big, tall lady. And she's wearing like big old like those platform heels or some big, big yeah. heels as well. Uh, so seeing this one enter, both Hardcore and Sal quickly bury the hatch and they run off following the girl. 
Uh, turns out this girl is Julie Strain, who is playing herself in this movie. Uh, she's in the bathroom. Yes, she's in the bathroom while Bug paces around, like fanboying out about her. He's like, "Oh, I'm such a fan of you. I love you in this. I love you in that." Blah blah blah. Uh, she comes. Yeah, he out, mentions Heavy Metal 2000. Yeah. Uh, he comes out saying that she signed that she signed on for an acting job, not a video game. That she only drives in the rain for acting jobs. Bug explains to her while trying not to stare at her tits that this is that in a video game world that in the video game world acting is called motion capture. Uh, not quite, but okay. Um, Hardcore rolls out the exoskeleton motion capture suit with tiny with a tiny green uh, string yeah, green bikini. Green bikini. It looks like the one like Borat wore. It basically look, kind of looks like that. <laughs> Julie says that's not that nudity is not in my contract. I didn't sign on for that. And the guy starts throwing some high tech mumble jumble gibberish at her to try and confuse her. But she catches him off guard by and not and not falling for it, saying, "Hey, if you want to see the big guns as she grabs her tits, you have, we have to renegotiate my contract." That she knows that uh, these games are big big business, and she wants options. She wants in on the IPO and preferred stocks off, off options and all this all this in writing. And there's like, "Yeah, okay, like sure, that. yeah, sure, you got it, whatever." I kind of like that part. Yeah, it was kind of nice, too. I, I agree. Uh, Julie walks off saying, great, now who's scanning me? And the guys look at each other and do, like, this cartoonish, like, Three Stooges-ass, <gasps> like, dash to the door while stumbling over each other and trying to pull each other back. Very, very cartoonish. Uh, we cut to Sal on a computer working on the body scan to Julie, while Bug, who has now been taped to a chair, rants and complains that this is not fair, that he's the one who brought her in, and he shouldn't be. he should be able to be a part of this. All three of them start bickering some more, but freeze and jaw drop when Julie enters the room wearing these this exoskeleton suit with her tits hanging out. And god damn does she look ridiculous in this thing. It just looks she just looks so awkward. It doesn't yeah. look sexy. It, it looks like she's wearing a, a really shitty small version of what Ripley used to defeat the alien. Yeah, kind like, of I, 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 Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's how it moves. Pushed out in awkward ways. Yeah, and I, yeah, I put it just, as I describe it as it's something like it looks like something a Borg stripper would wear. Like yeah. that's how I would put it. If there was a Borg stripper, this is what they'd be wearing. Um, Resistance is futile. Yeah. If you don't tip. <laughs> so Sal start, tells her to start jumping up and down so he can calibrate the system. Um, yeah. Which so just of course her tits is bouncing up and down as she jumps. We see the computer model. The computer model, the model for on the computer doing the same thing, and I swear the tits, the tit physics in this computer model are like the same shit you saw in like the old like uh, dead or alive video games, like the crazy yes. bouncy tit, like it's over the top, um, and the tits like get bigger too, like every time they're like kind of like the scene you were talking about from uh, Repossessed, man. Repossessed, it's just, like, yeah. So um, now comes this montage of Julie going through these various poses. And action movements while swinging the sword while crappy music plays in the really background. Stupid. Yeah, it's it's really bad. But I have no idea how this suit's supposed to be motion captured because, like I said, we've all seen motion capture suits. We know they're black, like little yeah. white dots and all that. And like I said, this is where I said it looks like some a Borg stripper would wear. But anyway, we see lightning outside. We see lightning strike a power line outside, which causes the power to go out. And for of some course. reason, and for some reason, blue electricity starts to swirl around the exoskeleton suit that Julie's wearing. Which makes thought, zero sense because it's not plugged into anything. Why? What? Why is there electricity going around this thing all of a sudden? What is happening? So wanted her to get electrocuted and die. Yeah, that I would like well, that too. Didn't. Yeah, it, it's it's bullshit. Harker goes up to fix this suit and how's like, just get your hands off me, creep. I'm out of here. She leaves. 
never to be seen again. So, so what's like, what's the point of even having it? Like that was just like, let's just pay this bitch and just get some titties. curious titties in here for no reason whatsoever. But it's all just right. a titty scene. Yeah. It is. It's all it is. Uh, we cut to Drummond heading outside as the storm picks up, and he's you know he's trying to check the fuse boxes. He gets the power back on. Inside, Hardcore says that it looks like they lost everything through the power outage. And Sal adds to it saying the power surge fried the IC chips and the motherboard. Not to worry, though. He has everything backed up on a disc and can reinstall, but it could take all night to do. Since only one of them needs to be there to do that, the others all want to leave. So in order to decide who will be the one that has to stay behind and work, they decide to have a playoff. Um, yeah, so they're going to play the game for us as far as it's it's still incomplete, but it's almost done. They're going to play the game, and the first one who dies has to stay behind and fix the... Yeah, so yeah, stuff. they're going to play the game. And uh, so whoever loses has to, has to stay behind. And they all love the game, which gives us a brief history or plot of the game um, to kind of tell you what like what evolution is. And it sounds terrible. And I so I recorded a clip of this. So oh, great. <laughs> yeah, here it is. In the great eruption of Mount Edo. A break in the earth opened a gateway to hell. For thousands of years, we have held back the demons below. Now the forces of evil have a powerful new overlord. He has overrun our defenses. Did not even give the guy a name? Nope. Nope. You are the last hope. You must destroy the overlord. Stop the evolution. Kill or be killed. Yeah, so that's evil. Yeah, like I said, there's no name to the character, just the evil overlord. And I love and the that, evil overlord. But at the same time, that voice acting that I kind of love because that's the kind of shitty voice acting you had in like the late '90s, early 2000s video games before they got good. Like, yeah, that, that, that's like once above like the early Resident Evil shit. Like, I hope this isn't Chris's blood. The, here, Jill. Take the lockpick. You're the master of unlocking. <laughs> like it's that you were almost a chill sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the game starts up, which looks complete dog shit by today's standards. But but although kind of even for early two thousand standards, it's not great. But it's probably wouldn't be the worst looking game. I, I imagine. Yeah, but it's still it's, pretty it's bad. It's like a first person. It's kind of like what? Yeah, kind of like people who play Skyrim. Or like a first person, it's not a first person shooter, but it's more like a first person melee game, kind of like so. Yes. If you're familiar with yes. Skyrim, it's right around first person swinging swords around. So it's kind of like that. Uh, only it looks really, really shit. It's kind of like PS, what PlayStation One, maybe One. maybe early PlayStation Two graphics. Um, so anyway, uh, in the game, all the, they all start running around killing shitty looking demon, like shitty demon looking Pikachu's, and like dude, yeah, that's exactly what they look like, and shitty looking orange alien ripoffs kind of like the alien from aliens but they're on this orange yeah. and like skinless it's they're weird looking um so bug and sal pretty much immediately start fighting over a controller which leads to both of them getting killed in the game they lose so as the scene goes on we found that laura is surprisingly good at the game and she admits to being the pac-man champion three years in a row so i don't know i mean pretty vast Difference there in games, but all right, she's good at Pac-Man. I guess it also makes make her good at this. So that makes you good at this brand new game that's <laughs> that you've never played before, and it's not even completed yet, and nobody even explains the rules or how to control. Yeah, but whatever. Um, so 
it comes down to Hardcore and Laura. The others start placing bets on the two, like, on the two remaining players. Uh, Bug starts talking about Pac-Man being an allegory for the 80s and that the whole, and I kind of actually liked this. It was kind of fun. And that the whole point was to gobble up as much as you can, as fast as you can. Again, making that comparison like the 80s uh, consumerism and it just, yeah. uh, I'm like, okay, I guess it makes sense. Like, sure, I'll, I'll, all right, whatever. Um, eventually, Hardcore dies in the game, leaving Laura as the sole player. Uh, every, everyone gathers around to watch her play. She finally gets killed. Uh, they all marvel at the game and how great it is, but they do acknowledge that they still have a lot of work to do on it, but it's getting there and that, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be the best thing ever. So we cut to Sal now sitting at his desk installing the uh, the backups because I guess he's the one he lost, you know, even though him, yeah. and, him and Bug both lost at the same time, Saul got stuck behind. Uh, he's sitting at his desk installing the backups, playing with his Benoit balls while the others gather up their stuff and start leaving for the night. And they just cut to Drummond and Laura at like a Japanese restaurant hanging out eating. Yeah. Just like shooting the shit. It's yeah. such an unimportant scene. Yeah, it really is. But she does pitch him like uh, her idea for like, a new dot com, which is a weird it's like. I... And she pitches it to him like it's like she's like it's a business, like you know, I, I guess and a dot com, I guess it was, but a dot com was just like a website. Like, Here's my new website, but she's pitched to him like it's gonna be like some groundbreaking business or something. It, it's really weird the terminology they use. Yeah. It's not quite right, but whatever. Um. This leads to a boring conversation about how life is a video game and there's no room for good or nice and that you have, you know, basically have to be an asshole in this world to get anywhere. Um, yeah. Back at the bunker slash office, Sal fixes the insanely large computer that at first I thought was the closet because it got his vent. I thought it was a closet door at first. And this computer, quote unquote, starts glowing like a nuclear reactor once he fixes it. Uh, yeah. What kind of computer is this? What is going on in this bunker down here? Like somebody needs to get the government involved in what's going on down this place. <laughs> um, so he goes back to his desk where an overload air flashes on a screen, but it quickly goes away and the game starts to finish designing itself, which Sal thinks is because of his super AI engine. And then he starts like, test playing. Right. Yeah. It's like done in no time. What? It's like Skynet designing Skynet or something like that. Like, it, I I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't know how that would even work, but yeah. So anyway, that's what he says. Um, in another room, a wave of blue electricity washes over the motion capture exoskeleton suit. Um, yeah, it does. Which I don't know where this energy comes from. It's it just there. It's not like another lightning striker. It just all of a sudden a blue energy, blue electricity washes over this thing and somehow brings it to life. So the suit is now alive. Armed with a golf club, Sal gets up to investigate the sounds he heard coming from the other room. He walks past the suit hanging on its rack, sees nothing in the rooms, and he leaves. But when he walks past the rack again, we see the suit, the exosuit, is now gone. gone. So Sal goes back to his desk, starts playing the game again. But again, he hears a noise coming from another room. When he turns back to the screen, the quote-unquote bad guy, demon, the overlord or whatever... Uh, that he was fighting on screen is now gone. It's not on screen anymore. He's like, where'd he go? Yeah. So in the video game, he starts looking around in the game for it. Uh, and then like his character looks down and sees the overload demon uh, coming up from beneath him in like a, a hole in the ice or some hole in the ground. And right. the video game demon grabs his character's legs and, um, and pulls him pulls down. down. And that's when in the real world, Saul gets grabbed by something gets, and pulled down underneath his desk out of view. 
sucked in underneath his desk, just like his character in the game. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the desk bangs around a bit. Everything's shaking around. There's clunking, banging noises. Um, on the screen, we see his character get killed. And as his character dies, the banging under the desk stops. Uh, we see Sal's arm pop up from under the desk for a second, but he gets grabbed by the metal arm of the, exos- the exosuit and pulled back down. Sal screams as, his, as the computer screen reads, lives remaining, four. Four. Four I lives like left. That. I like that. I also like how Saul's last act is, of his life was trying to get those Benoit balls again. <laughs> yeah, they, they, that's what he was reaching for. Give me the, give me the Benoit was, balls. He had to spin around his hand just one last time. <laughs> uh, we crossfade to the next morning. Bug enters the bunker office and gets grabbed by Hardcore, who tells him not to freak out, and then shows Bug Saul's dead body on the floor. Uh, yeah, they, he doesn't look uh, too worse for wear, honestly. No, he, he, I mean, he, 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 there's no even blood on him. He's just there. I don't think there's even blood. He looks like he could have died of natural causes. Yes. Uh, they talk about how this could have happened and who would have done this. Hardcore points out that the backup disc is missing, so they instantly think and that's that... that's what makes me so mad is that the, he's laying there with no blood, no sign of foul play. He's just on the ground. Motherfucker could have had a heart attack, could have been diabetic and could have had low sugar, could have had a stroke, could have had an aneurysm. You know, there's all kinds of things that can just fucking happen. Yeah, they're rare and outliers, but that shit can happen. And so they're all freaking out like, oh, no, someone killed him. Yeah. Uh, and they, they instantly go to, like I said, that uh, a rival gaming company assassinated Sal to steal the work. And I'm like, fucking A, man. Like, seriously, I... Apparently, I never knew the gaming industry was so literally, so literally cutthroat. I, but you know, I didn't know Ubisoft had actual assassins going after Konami. You know what? I was gonna say I had Capcom doesn't send ninja assassins to kill people from EA. I basically had the exact same point. <laughs> <laughs> and I always use Konami. I'm like, you know, what? I think Konami's out of business now. I don't know, but <laughs> that's hilarious. All, yeah. Well, apparently, what Konami does now is all they do is they make Plinko machines. Yeah, Plinko's like huge Japanese in Japan. Yeah, that's like they're huge in Japan. It's like the only yeah. kind of they love Plinko over there. They go and sit, but it's like cast like all the Castlevania shit's pretty much on the shelf because Konami owns Castlevania. So they make a shitload of Castlevania themed Plinko machines. Yeah, all, I, think I don't think it's called Plinko. I think it's called something else. It's like some with a K, I think, over there. I forget Pachinko. what. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. So Bug goes to call the cops, but Hardcore stops him saying that the cops will come here. They'll lock this place down. And whoever stole that disc will beat them to the market with a copycat game. And oh my god, the premise and logic of this is fucking beyond ridiculous at this point. But it, it's cracking me up at the same time. Like this, like, I'm, al- I'm just going along for the ride. I'm like, okay, sure. I know. Yeah, at this point, I'm kind of doing this at the same time. But if you think about it, it's so ridiculous. that this, It's a fucking video game. This, this isn't like government... National security secrets. These are fucking video games. And they're like, oh my God, we got assassins and corporate espionage. It, it, it's insanity. But at the same time, I'm love. It's I'm like, all right, that's, all right. Let's, I'm just, in. I'm let's in. just follow this whitewater raft river. Let's just, just see where just, we just go. Just be gentle. Yeah. Just be gentle. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you. For now. You <laughs> for just be gentle. Bug tries to call the cops anyway, but of course the phones now are dead. All the phones are dead. Hardcore continues to go on. And give his, he goes on to give like his Goonies, our time, or it's, it's our time down here type speech to Bug. He's like, listen, like this is our time now to do something great. If we call the cops, it's all over the minute we Roy Troy's bucket up to the cops or something like, you know, I don't know, it's something like that. Um, 
Outside, Laura and Drummond arrive. Bug meets him at the door, but doesn't tell him about Sal, but instead tries to tell him that they're, tells him, that, hey, we're back in business. We got the disc. You know, everything's going to be fine. We cut the hardcore trying to cram Sal's body into a closet, which he does just in time, right before Laura enters the room. Uh, she asks where Sal, Sal is, and Hardcore tells her, oh, he just took off somewhere. Next, we see Drummond entering Sal's workplace. Hardcore rushes up to try to distract Drummond from looking for Sal. He gets Drummond to leave, then follows him out of the room. As they leave, we see the exosuit rise up from behind the desk that Drummond was just rummaging around at. Meanwhile, Laura is on her computer going through her emails, and she finds like 34 emails from her quote-unquote boyfriend that we've never heard of at this point. We've never heard of, never seen, but it's a boyfriend now. And the emails accuse her of not showing up for a date or something that was last night, to which she replies, she writes back, hey, I was working, I, I was busy. And she starts, you know, goes through email by email, and each of these emails... Uh, Get more and more insane. Yeah, but they also at the point is they start acting more like text messages or instant messages oh, like rather I than am. emails. Yeah, I am because yeah. it was like it was like more like instant messages. Yeah, but it clearly says emails. There's three or four emails, but she's writing a message like, "Hey, I'm sorry I was late," and then the message pops up, "You bitch, I'm sorry, you whore, I, I was working, you slut, I'm gonna, you know, it just all these they get meaner and meaner, the car cheater, and then yeah. he's like, I'm, "I'm gonna get you, I'm coming yeah. for you." Yeah, he says, "I'm coming for you." So she grabs the phone, but finds the phones are dead, and then she hears a growling noise coming from the bathroom. When she opens the door, she finds Bug in there working on voices for the demon boss and tells her, hey, I'm just in here because, you know, good acoustics. Everybody knows the bathroom's got good acoustics. Um, and then the kettle on the stove finally begins to whistle. Remember that kettle that was put on the stove 24 hours ago? <laughs> that she was left, completely left her overnight, but it finally goes off. Laura goes over to her, and I guess... In the few steps she takes to get there, she lost all brain functionality because and forget how to use her hands. Because instead of grabbing the metal kettle that's been burning, like boiling on the stove by the handle, she uses both hands and just grabs it by the base, burning her hands, and she drops it. Ah, my hands! And she drops on the floor and says, "God damn it! I guess it's gonna be one of those days." It's one of the, it's like one of those infomercials you see when it's like, "Yeah, ever try opening up a loaf of bread?" They're like, Whoa! "No!" Like it's exactly what it is. Like how? What? Like how? Would, nobody would do this. Losers. You ever have this happen? <laughs> 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 I think so. that really is. It's exactly what that is. Hundred percent. She goes over to the closet. Bug tries to stop her, but but fails. She opens the door, grabs the mop. And then Bug looks and confused, like, oh, because Sal's body yeah, is now Sal's gone. Sal's body's not in there. Yes. Yeah. Cut the hardcore trying to access the security camera footage from last night, but keeps getting locked out. So he pulls out the plugs in, the, in, his, uh, in his secret tech hacking device. Uh, is his Palm Pilot. It's a a palm fucking pilot. Palm Pilot. But somehow, as soon as he plugs it in, Boom, he has access to all of the security footage. What kind so of Palm Pilot is this? Pom, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know what a Palm Pilot is. Yeah, people, a lot of people was, probably uh, don't. Before cell phones were real commonplace, uh, you would have a Palm Pilot to keep. It was like a little black book, but it was electronic. And you could sometimes send emails from it or text messages from it. But it was pretty. It's a most probably one of the most first primitive internet device, like portable internet devices. Yeah, I don't even remember being able to send messages from it because I had one. Like basically, all it was is like you could. There's a calculator on it, and you could like put in your schedule. Like, okay, here's my calendar, my schedule. And maybe you could keep track of phone numbers and addresses, but it was so limited in functionality. What you could really do with those things? It, 
now we actually had this conversation when we watched H2O, or, no, not H2O, Halloween Resurrection. Okay. Because one of the characters is using a Palm Pilot that's sending right. emails back and forth. Yeah, that's right. We had this there were there were more fancy dancy ones that could do that. Yeah, but it still sucked. But Halloween Resurrection was what? Uh, what year? That was like much later. So they were probably more advanced. And they could be more. But in two thousand, like ninety nine, two thousand, Palm Pilots were pretty basic at that point. So I don't. Anyway, but just I I was so like blown away that a Palm he pulls out a Palm Pilot and apparently uses it to hack into the security phone. He doesn't even type anything. He just plugs it in and it instantly comes up on the footage. I like Palm Pilots. I thought they were neat. Uh, I like the kind of them. I had one, but I never could really get to do anything with it. So it was like, I had it for like the novelty of having it, so I could say I had one because there was a big thing at the time. Like, yeah, I got one, but I never could really use make it useful for anything. After you like realize what the fuck's the point? Yeah, exactly. Like, what is the point of this? Like, I'm not like on Wall Street. Like, I'm not just like this is stupid. And then I just yeah. It, anyway, um, so in the footage, he sees the exosuit, um. Sitting at and working at Sal's desk. It's just this exosuit, just sitting at a desk, typing on a keyboard. Um, Hargrove is like, what the fuck? And then reaches over to grab something. And it, when he looks over, you see what he grabbed. The camera pans over, and we see Sal's dead body is wearing the exosuit, which has reanimated Sal's body. And it has wires sticking out of his face and head. And it looks like his eyes has been removed. But his eye sockets are being like held open, like Malcolm McDonald's in like Clockwork Orange, and like it's crazy looking. It's fucking. It's insane. really kind of cool looking, honestly. Um, so Robo Sal attacks hardcore at this point. The camera then cuts to Drummond in his office, who, with Laura, who is using his, her trying to use his cell phone, trying to call her boyfriend. I think I don't know. They hear the sounds of crashing coming from another room, and he and she says Sal and hardcore are back at it again. I guess and. Drummond looks over to the security monitor and sees Saul in the exosuit, like, choking hardcore. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go again. We cut back to Bug entering the room with hardcore while asking hardcore if he had moved Sal's body. When he looks up, he sees hardcore hacking away at Sal's body with a fucking axe because, of course, like I said, he has this murder weapons everywhere in this place. Um... Bug says it looks he, pretty cool. Yeah, but like, I knew you killed Sal Hardcore. Like, I knew you killed him. I knew you killed him. And Hardcore tells him, hey, hey, it wasn't me. It was a suit. Watch the security footage. Watch the footage. It wasn't me. It was a suit. Hardcore tries to explain everything to Bug, but when he turns back to Sal, um, or he turns his back to Sal's now headless and handless body, we see the exosuit is gone, just leaving Sal's yeah. body there. And again, how the fuck is this clunky robo suit able to sneak around this space like a goddamn ninja? It's, it's like, what? This thing is so clunky and made of metal. It'd be clunking around, but it just vanishes. It's got soft, it's got soft foam sneakers. Yeah, I guess it's got padding on its feet or something. That's it, insane. Um, so at this point, Hardcore starts go, going crazy, screaming, Where is it? Where is it? Uh, at Drummond... And Laura rush in at this point, seeing Hardcore looking like a madman with an axe spinning around in circles, screaming. Saul's dead body. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hardcore yells at him, like, get out now, leave now. And then he puts the axe down and replaces it with two swords. Everyone in the room leaves the room, leaving Hardcore alone as he spins around in circles looking for the suit. He's like, come on, come on. You want Hardcore? Come get some. I'll give you Hardcore some crap like that. And then we see Saul's cybernetic head. Rise up over the uh, over the behind like hardcore shoulder, 
And it just jumps to outside the room where the others are standing there talking. Uh, they mentioned calling the cops. And then Hardcore's face and body gets slammed up against the glass window in the door, then yanked violently out of sight. Hardcore pops up again, bloody and begging for them to help. Like, let me out of the room, let me out of the room. Uh, a robotic hand rises up behind Hardcore, grabs him by the top of his head, and then pulls him down out of sight, where we see another robotic arm holding one of the swords, like, start hacking down Hardcore. Blood covers the window. Blood smashes up. Uh... The yeah. three of remaining people run. I, oh, go I, ahead. I, that scene, that scene with Hardcore. I mean, we, we just saw him beat the the monster, if you will, the Saul monster, once. He knocked it down, hacked it up, and it he, he defeated it, essentially. And then he's like, oh, you know, it escapes, and he says, come on, let's go one more time. It wasn't even a fight this time. It just completely wiped the floor with Hardcore. I wish... There was just a moment when he was like up against the glass, like it's learning. It knows all my moves or something like that because they talk about its AI and its learning capabilities. And we just saw hardcore beat the shit out of it and kill it. And all of a sudden now it's getting his ass kicked like to the point where he gets killed. Yeah. So I was a little bummed out about that. Yeah. I, I yeah. It, they don't do a really good job doing some of that. Like I said, it's not a great movie, but um, they, they run for the phone. I think it was such an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah, a lot. We've talked about it all the time. Like, there's so many times where just one line here, there, you know, one easy line can fix so much uh, in a lot of these movies, but they never, they never, they never do it. Um, so the three of them run for the phones, which are all still dead. Then Bug looks at his laptop screen and sees some game footage of the demon boss roaring and bashing his swords together, like the, the Overlord or whatever they want to call it. This leads Bug to explain what he thinks is happening that the lightning strike knocked out the power and caused the overload in the mainframe. The damage was amplified due to hardcore's rewiring of the system mixed with solid super AI programming. Uh, and if that's not uh, confusing enough, Bug goes off on the deep end here, which like I said, I'm just going to play uh, oh, oh, great. Bugs, Bug's explanation of this and try to, so you kind of figure out what, try to figure out what's going on for yourselves. All right, so here we go. Okay, you know how the telemetry suit works. The, the suit moves, the computer records it. Yes, the suit is linked to a digital model in the computer. Whoever controls the suit controls the model. Got that? Somehow during the surge, everything got reversed. What's going on? That's what a flashback of Julie in the suit. So the computer's controlling the suit. And the computer's playing the Blink game. Ditties. Houston, we have a problem. So uh, the computer is playing the game because... Uh, you know, I am the game. You don't, you don't want to play this game. So we cut back okay. to the main room. Uh, <laughs> the lights are flickering. There's blood all over the floor along with um, broken computers and monitors. Uh, the camera pans over to Hardcore's dead, bloody body with the living exosuit standing over him with Sal's head still attached to it. So, yeah, so it's just, a, yeah, it's crazy looking. And, but I fucking love how ridiculous this is at the same time. It's insane looking, but I, I love it. I kind of love it at the same time. It's so weird. Um, so the exosuit cyborg thing drags hardcore's body away. But when it starts to drag the body away, now we see that hardcore has been decapitated because the head, His just... head falls off. And you know what? It looks pretty good. 
Yeah, it did look pretty good. I will say I was surprised. It was looked it's pretty a decent. Good looking prosthetic head. You know, it looks a lot like Tyler Maine. It does. It Maybe is. Tyler Maine just looks more like a mannequin than a human. But uh <laughs> yeah, it looks looks pretty decent. And yeah, he's hauling off the body. Yes. Um and what happens next is so fucking amazing. The suit seems to open itself up a bit, and we see wires slither out of the suit like living tentacles. They wrap around Hardcore's body, and then the exosuit kind of like sucks it into it and it clamps like these metal clamps or like something. It clamps onto the body, integrating Hardcore's body into itself, into the exosuit. And this effect wasn't too bad. No. Because they're doing like it's it, the room is damaged. There's a strobe light effect, so it's kind of covering it's like high, it's like kind of it's shadowing the shittiness of the effect if we just saw it all in one clean shot. Right. So and I thought it was pretty it was a pretty smart choice. Yeah. Uh so what we have now is the exosuit using hardcore's giant mountain man of a body, but it still has Saul's head on it as well. So it's like a very Dr. Frankenstein S thing going on here. Yeah, it's just collecting parts. Yes. Um, now it goes over to Hardcore's desk, which don't forget it still has this cornucopia of murder weapons on it, you know, and also along with, like a spiked horned helmet, like this metal jaw thing, like it's weird, like metal fanged jaw, and it starts rifling through all this stuff, and then comes a big dramatic reveal shot of the newly upgraded exosuit cyborg thing, and it does like the dramatic like, gopher turn like you know it's back to the stream does a dramatic turn bah, bah, bah. to the stream and holy fucking shit i legit did a spit take when i saw this thing uh it, so it's this hybrid mashup of saul's face and head but now it's wearing the spiked and horned helmet its left eye is covered in a spiked metal plate saul's upper and lower jaws have been removed and replaced with this metal fanged jaw and so basically, it's trying to turn itself into the demon boss from the game in real life. Overlord. The yeah. Overlord. And my God, is it priceless. It The image is... <laughs> it's bonkers, dude. It's, just, it's fucking insane. Um, in the other room, Drum and Lore and Bug are arguing over what to do next. Um, and since the suit uh, is, uh, uh, is playing the game, they ask if they can just turn the game off... Uh, Seems but, like a good idea. Yeah, but Buck says it won't work. They ask about destroying the mainframe, but Buck also says that that won't be that won't work because the backup disk is missing. So if they destroy the mainframe, they would lose all their data and progress in the game. Again, at which point I should point out this is should be the last thing on their mind that they're still worried about the the the, the yeah. data of the game and not the insanity of a living cyborg exoskeleton suit wearing your friend's body parts trying to kill you like that should be priority number one not saving the but data but i want a million dollars yeah but i really want a million dollars. but you, you can't that you can't spend if you're dead um so drummond asks about recreating the game data bug tells him that all he can do is recreate the music and the sound effects because the ai was sal and the weapons were all hardcore which really makes me think that the Rise of this movie have no fucking clue as to how a video game is made. But I kind of yeah, love I, the I, idea that all the, that they think that all you need to make a game is three people, one for sound effects and voices, one person for the AI, and a third person just to make weapons for the game, and that's all you need. Everything else just comes together on its own. Like I kind of love it. <laughs> it's insanity. It's ridiculous. 
but um, Laura is the voice of reason here, saying that that the game is not worth dying for. At this point, Drummond walks out. Bug goes on a pity me. This game is all I have. I'm the unattractive geek speech. You know, that's he goes on that rant. Uh, and like, no girl ever liked me. Would you kiss this face? And she's like, maybe. Like, yeah, that's it. Just a maybe. Well, I don't want to be a maybe. And, she, you know, blah, blah, blah. And at one point she says, um, Drama comes back saying Laura is right. Uh, and pulls a gun out of his desk drawer saying, I'm going to go finish this. But Bug stops him saying, no, I'll go. At least maybe I can save some of the work. Because if you go, you'll just destroy the work and we'll lose everything. But they both end up leaving. So he didn't stop Drummond from going. He just goes with them. And as Bug leaves, Laura says, no, definitely maybe. Instead of, <laughs> what? Doesn't upgrade her. Yes. They're like, yeah, I would kiss you. They're like, nope, definitely still a maybe. Like, that's like, definitely still a maybe. Definitely maybe. And like, what? <laughs> like, that's a weird thing to say. That um, is a weird thing to say. Like, Bug and Drummond, they start creeping their way to Sal's office. Uh, Bug goes in and starts looking for the backup disc. He can't find it, so he goes over to the mainframe and starts dicking around while Drummond's pushing him to hurry up. Meanwhile, Laura's watching the cyber monster thing on his security monitor, just standing around and roaring, and like, and then smashes security uh, security camera. And this oh, he's co- coming! Watch yeah. out! And Laura's like, "Oh, guys, he's oh, look out! Warning!" And it cuts back to Bug and Drummond, who tell Drummond tells Bug to hurry up because the monster just cut the camera. Which, how the fuck would he know that? Because there's no way. He's not near a security monitor. He can't see it. In the room, the monster's not in this room. And Laura didn't say, hey, guys, he cut the security camera. He just said, hey, guys, look out. But he's like, oh, what? That makes no sense. Anyway. Don't, um, die, don't die on this hill, Marshall. Don't I'm die not, on this I'm not dying on this hill, but it's just, it's, I'm revving up, man. It's revving me up. Uh, Drummond ends <laughs> up going off on his own, leaving Bug alone with the mainframe. Bug start is, is like pulling out wires, and as, as he's pulling out these wires, a severed hand falls out of the mainframe onto him, causing him to freak out. Drummond creeps up to the to a door, some door. Before he opens it, he turns to look back at the way he came, and when he does so, the cyber monster pops up on the other side of the door, smashes the window on the door, grabs Drummond. The movie cuts back to Laura, who, after hearing the shattering glass and Drummond scream, runs out of the office. She turns the corner and finds Drummond getting attacked by the monster through the door. Laura picks up the gun that Drummond dropped when he gets, got grabbed. She takes aim. Yeah, and he's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm like, yeah, really? Exactly. He's like, don't shoot it. I'm like, are you fucking I mean, kidding me? Why, why don't you just, it's like, the creature's on the other side of the door. She could just walk up pretty damn close yeah. and be like, pop. Exactly. She could walk up, point it right, put the barrel right to his head and pull the trigger. It can't stop her. And there you go. But he's like, no, don't do it. So she just runs away <laughs> and leaves Drum there. And Drum yells out. And then, but then Drummond yells. So he's like, he's yelling to Bug. He's like, Bug, kill it, kill it. Which makes zero sense to me because Laura could just, he told Laura not to shoot it. But now he's telling Bug well, to kill it. Like, what? He's counting on, he's counting on, he's counting on Bug to turn off the game. Right. But if you kill That's the. That's what he meant. But I'm so confused. But if you kill the monster. The game footage is still there. Like the game, all the files are still on the computer. You're just killing the actual living thing. So the game's still safe either way, if that's what he's concerned about. But at this point, Bugs ripping out handfuls of wires from the mainframe. The cyber monster is trying to stab Drummond through the door of this giant sword. But Bug gives up on the wires, grabs a screwdriver, 
and it looks like he's just he's just going to jab it into an Ethernet wall outlet. Uh, I'm not sure what the fuck that's supposed to do because of, uh, I don't that's know. exactly what he does. That is exactly what he does. And, uh, but apparently, I didn't know Ethernet points were electrical because you, you know what happens when he sticks into it? He gets electrocuted like he might as well just stuck it into a wall outlet. Um, which, again, I'm going to scratch my head like, what? Like, I don't think that's how that works. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, somebody can tell me, but I'm pretty sure... If you stick a screwdriver in an Ethernet port, you're not going to get fucking electrocuted. Um, We've seen a lot of uh, interesting things happen with a screwdriver in uh, movies. I know New Year's Evil, he's able to control a, an, an elevator, elevator <laughs> yes. destination just by jamming it with a screwdriver. Yeah, who so, knew scr- it's, it's screwdrivers are like so great? It hasn't been done before, Marshall. <laughs> Magic screwdrivers exist in the horror world. Uh, so, my God. Um Oh, I think. Hold on, let me. See. I may have just skipped something. Um, anyway. Oh yeah. Okay. No. I'm, yeah. Driver into the port. But yeah, he gets Boom, electrocuted. He gets electrocuted. Up. Yeah, lights start to explode along all the, like these electrical objects are going haywire. Computers are flashing. Like electrical stuff exploding. The whole building just fuck gets fucked up. Yeah, the security system goes into overload and goes into lockdown mode. Sealing everybody inside. Like, and it turns out not just the doors that exit the building that get sealed, but apparently there's doors that block off rooms from the hallway. Like they they were open. There was no like how do I explain this? When you, when you see them walk around this place, it's just like there's a hallway and like a, an opening. It's like like it's not like a door. There's no door. It's just an opening in the wall, and you walk into the office. Be, open floor plan. Open floor plan kind of thing. But now all of a sudden. The security is going, and now there's like these thick, like plexiglass doors that came out of nowhere that seal off every room from each other. So every room is sealed now, except for like, if you're in the hallway, you're fine, but every room's sealed. Uh, the emergency light kicks on. We see Drummond lying on the floor, still alive, and there's no sign of the cyber monster. Drummond gets up. We cut back to Bug, who somehow is still alive, and so is the mainframe which seems to somehow be perfectly fine and all lit up again, even though we just saw everything get electrocuted and fried. So is, is the mainframe possessed? I don't know. Like, is, I'm trying it, to wonder, is this like a, is this a death spa thing? Like, you know, is this a, right. a ghost in the computer? Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't understand this because the logic, it shouldn't be, it should be fried and toasted and smoking out with like every other computer electrical thing in this building right now. Um, so Drummond tries to open the sealed doors that are separating him from Laura and Bug, uh, but none of them will open. Uh, then they start hearing a banging sound come from outside. Laura looks over at the security monitors, which also seem to be fine now and still working, even though everything else is shot to shit and we saw computer monitors explode. But now these are working perfectly fine. And on the screen, she sees her boyfriend, Jeremy, who has come to confront her. And Jeremy oh, is... Shit. Played by Scientologist Danny Masterson, who played Hyde in that '70s show, and who would later go on to be a rapist, looking at 44 yes. years in prison. <laughs> yes, yes, I was hoping you dropped the rape reference. I saw him. I was like, "Oh, dude, this is not a good role for him to have right now." I'll grab this was way before then, but it's not looking good. <laughs> I, I am the. <laughs> the girlfriend beating probably rapist uh, boyfriend in this movie, and uh, I guess what, what, talk what about typecasting. You know, I guess maybe you, maybe you maybe you perform what you know. Yeah, yeah. So Laura frantically tries to uh, use the intercom to contact Jeremy, 
while the others are screaming out for help, but you know, it doesn't work. Uh, Jamie start, walks away. He stops for a moment. Then comes back, bangs on the door some more, tells her to go fuck herself and, and go fuck a fish, which is an odd one. I've never heard someone say fuck a fish before. Um, I like it. So his rant just keeps going. He's yelling out that she's a whore, a bitch, telling her to stay in there and die then. Fuck you and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, Laura just turns off the monitor, grabs a gun, says, fuck this, and goes and gets Drummond. And that's all you see of Jeremy. It's not like he gets killed. Yeah. Like, you shift to like, okay, he's going to try to come in the back door. The, the, the exorcist's going to kill him. Nope. He goes off and lives his happy life raping women somewhere else, I guess, or something. <laughs> but being, being a shitty DJ in LA and raping chicks. Like, why? Like, it makes me like, I go hide. I you know that Stanley show is probably in its peak around this time or something like that. But, like, why get that actor? Why get any actor any, for a role so small and so meaningless like i don't get it like anybody this honestly this scene doesn't even need to be there there's no point the character doesn't die there's no big revelation from this it's just a wasted scene or just a just a string of obscenities and he he doesn't help he doesn't help the people he doesn't create an opening he doesn't die which you want him to die yeah after that there's, there's all kinds of stuff that is really bizarre about this scene and then it stars that guy from that 70s show Hi. yeah you know it's, it's it's weird it's so weird uh but she doesn't get she goes off for drama but she doesn't get far before she starts hearing banging coming from the vents in the ceiling and on a shelf behind her at this point there are there's some uh are some actual real and popular and successful video games as for people who want easter eggs uh there's roller toaster roller coaster tycoon everquest and the the original boulders gate all three very popular games are actually the box of them are actually seeing this. Along there's a movie, there's a game poster for the Evil Dead, uh, Ash or Boomstick game or something like that that came out in the early 2000s. You can yeah. see that as well. Um, but so anyway, the vent opens up and Drummond drops down onto the desk. Uh, his shoulder is cut and bleeding. Uh, so I guess he cut it getting in there. And so Laura takes her 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 outer shirt off and wraps around his arm to stop the bleeding. And this is where we see. That we can, it's, you know, her arm is just covered in bruises. So it's saying that she's been abused by Jeremy. Uh, so I love this scene because she takes off the, the jacket and Drummond goes, Oh God. And they show her arm. And yeah, she's got bruises, but she's got this tiny yes. little kanji Japanese kanji tattoo. Yes. And I wanted to go, Oh God, that's a horrible tattoo. Yeah, I, that would have been hilarious. And again, the, but it's also time because God, in the early 2000s, late 90s, like kanji, that kanji shit was everywhere. Every had shitty kanji. It, it was like tr- shitty tribal and shitty kanji. Those were like that was the the tattoo craze of that that time period, man. Oh my god. Uh, um, so Drummond tells her that they can use the vents to escape. He pulls out a map of the game world, saying they didn't have time to build an original world. So they just used the blueprint from this building as the game level. And I'm like, what? Okay. Um, Weird. But I guess it happens when you only hire three people to work on a game and none of them are level designers. So <laughs> um, so anyway, he points to a roof vent and says, hey, that's our way out. So now we cut the bug in the vents, which are fucking gigantic now because bug is standing fully upright in this vent jumping up trying to reach a vent opening above him 
Uh, holy shit, either he got shrunk down like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or he is somehow in, like, Godzilla's house. Because these vents are, I've never seen a vent so big in my life that somebody can jump. house? I don't know, man. I, who else would have vents that big? Like, he, you get, he, he, Godzilla's he, house. Yeah. Godzilla's house. Godzilla, he's got a house. You know, he's got a nice little, he's got a little townhouse somewhere on, on a beach, you know, a little, maybe a timeshare. Sure. <laughs> um, but he, the man is jumping up and down and can't reach his. It's insane. Uh, he jumps some more, but this time when he lands, he falls through the vent floor and gets uh, scared by the image of a crypt keeper on a pinball machine, which also seems to have power now, despite everything else not working. But who knows what's going on now? It's like, it's like cutting in and out of power, though. It's like yeah. Fritz. Um, he starts hearing the cyber monster talking to him, but when he looks... Around all he sees is his auto recording equipment in the bathroom. So he's like, and so he thinks it's just that on playback. Oh, it's just the playback. And it's, it's, it, the thing's like, I'm gonna get you. He's like, aha, shut up. And then the voice, but until then, the voice tells Bug to shut up. And that's when he's like, because he says like, shut up, Bug. And he's like, oh shit. Uh, and that's when we see the cyber monster walk into the view behind Bug. Uh, Bug tries to get away, but he gets grabbed and he gets starts getting tossed around the room. At one point, he tries to grab onto the oven in the room to keep himself from getting pulled closer to the monster, but the monster pulls him and the oven like halfway across the room. And in doing Breaking so... The, the gas main yes, connection to the... Yeah. The back of... It gets, comes... Rips off the back of the oven, so gas is fueling the room. Um, Bug gets tossed around some more, becoming more and more, uh, more, and more of a bloody mess. Uh, the cyber monster stands over the broken and bloody Bug and, like, and asks him, are you ready to die? And Bub says, and Bug says, maybe. Again, a callback to the whole maybe thing between him and Laura. And then he holds up a lighter, lights it, and the whole room explodes into a giant fireball that just rocks the building. Uh, we cut back to Laura and Drummond, who are in the vents. They hear the and feel the explosion. And Drummond's like, what was that? And he looks up, and they see a wave of like fire just like charging towards him through this vent. Well, so they be toast. Oh, they would be a hundred percent toast. They would be black but and charred dead. The blast is so hard; it blasts them out the bottom of the vent. No, that's like, I wish that was happening. No, like, they start. They turn around and start trying to scurry away, and they just fall yeah. through the floor. Like yeah, it's not the, the blast hits him in the back and knocks him down off the. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think it hits him in the black. I didn't see that. I thought they just fell through because then the black because they fall and then the fire goes over and like past them. So I think they just fell through the floor before the fire hit them. But so, so back to bug, ba back to the bug setup. I, I, I like the way they did it. You know, bugs getting his ass kicked. He looks like he's going to die. He's, he's on his, he's on the ground and he's looking, you know, he knocked his glasses off and he sees his glasses and he starts going, well, it looks like he's going for his, it looks like he's looking at his glasses and he starts going for his glasses and up comes, you know, the overlord monster smashes him and says, are you ready to die? And that's when he says, maybe. And then he pulls up. So what he was really looking at was the lighter when the monster thought he was looking at for his glasses, it was just a kind of a cool little misdirect. I thought huh. I see. I missed that. That's, that's cool. That is a cool. Bit yeah. of mystery. I you're missed thinking, that part. Okay. He's going to go for his glasses. Cause he can't see, Ugh. Well, you know, as a person who wears glasses, uh, you know, you're not completely blind. You can still see shit. Yeah. So he goes, you know, he obviously saw the lighter, went for the glasses and the monster thought it was the glasses he was going for, but he was able to get the drop on him. I liked it. It was a good misdirect. Yeah. Um, now the layout of this building gets very confusing to me 
at this point. Because so we just saw Laura and Drummond fall through the ceiling out of the vent onto a floor. They get up and they go over to they in this room now. They get up and they go over to this newly made massive hole in the floor. So that's below them because they're looking down through that opens up to the room where Bug was. So, which is weird because. Anyway, they climb down and find Bugs dead by it. It looks surprisingly good for a clean for a piece and in one piece because he just got blown up by a fucking exploding gas thing. I honestly thought, oh my God, he's going to survive. I thought they were going to do that, pull that shit too. But he was dead. He was dead. But he should have been a black and charred Chris and probably in pieces, but he's completely fine. Um, But... I, I think I come back on this later. I'll, I, I'll, I'll come back to it, I think, in my notes, but I'll move on. Uh, but before Laura covers him with a blanket, she leans over and gives him a kiss on the lips. So, oh, that maybe became a yes. All it took was him to die uh, to get that kiss. <laughs> and uh, then, I guess, as soon as she touches up lips with him, she has a revelation. And she tells Drum that they need to find Hardcore's Palm Pilot because it has wireless access. Uh, so good old Palm Pilot coming back strong again. Uh, Drummond tells her to find it. She's like, you know, you know, find an email for help while he tries to get the door open. And he looks over and sees the cyber monster dead on the floor in a pile of rubble. And it's like, so like got some flames on it. So kind of got some fire on it burning. Yeah. It's got some chunks missing from it. It looks pretty fucked up. Uh, however, Laura looks over and sees the computer screen that has the game on it. That's still playing surprisingly. Cause even though we've now had, Electrical outlets fry, you know, fry everything in this in this building. Everything is electrical, and an explosion now that was so big it blasted a hole in at least in one floor. But yet this computer monitor still fine, still fine, still playing the game. Um, they don't make it like they used to. I guess so. not. So um, she she uh, where was I? Uh, okay, so she sees the monster on the screen lying dead. But his health bar begins to refill. He's regenerating health. And then the monster stands up. We jump over to Drummond, who's working on the door. And we see the cyber monster rise up behind him. Laura warns him in time. Drummond pulls out his gun, tries to aim at the monster, but it knocks it out of Drummond's hand. The cyber monster goes to cut off Drummond's head with its sword. But right as the sword is about to slice into Drummond's neck, it freezes. Cut to Laura, who is now holding a game controller in her hand. And she starts bashing buttons, which causes the cyber monsters to start freaking out and flare around for a bit before falling over dead. (laughs) She's playing the game again. It's insane. She's like, what she's is happening? Buttons like a ten-year-old playing Tekken. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm just laughing at this. Like, oh my god. They're fucking ridiculous. So Laura tells Drummond that the only way out is to beat the game. So Laura goes to a computer and starts playing the game. Time to play the game. And uh, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't help yourself with those fucking motorhead and sound cues. Can't. I can't. I can't. Um, so she and uh, so she goes and starts playing the game. The game boss easily kicks her ass and she dies in game almost immediately. And then we see that on the screen, she has two lives left in game. Laura says, the Laura says at this point, this is what you commented on earlier about hardcore. You wish, but she says that now that the game is getting smarter, that it's learned all of her moves. 
And Laura begins to panic and rant on about how she can't do this. She's not going to survive. So Drummond hauls off and slaps the shit out of her right across the face, which is, this is pretty... exactly what you want to do. Which is exactly yes! what you want to do to a woman who, like, you know, yes! is <laughs> yeah, can, can, she's a victim of domestic abuse. So let's slap the shit out of her some more, because you know that's how bitches learn, right? Because we all know that. <laughs> but Laura slaps him back, and I'm saying I was say I was happy she did that. And when I saw, him, I'm like, okay. All right, good. She's not. She's not going to take it. She's, um, and I think what's, that. What's needs- that horrible? What's that horrible joke? What do you tell a woman with two black eyes? Nothing. Nothing you already told you already her told one. Told her twice. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's uh, horrible. It's horrible. Uh, but like I said, I, I was she really glad she did that. It, it needed to happen. That that for her to slap him back. That that needed to happen. After getting slapped, Drummond says, "Good. I wanted when you'd when you'd finally learn." And then hands her a giant VR headset. It's like a giant helmet she has on her head with like a, like a screen on it. Um, again, it looks like something you see in like a like a like an X-wing pilot would be wearing in Star Wars or something. It's just huge. And oh, she, that shit, that shit was popping off again a little bit in the like the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, it was really big in the in the er, like mid '90s, like early mid '90s. Like that was the new thing it was supposed to be virtual reality, virtual reality. Put on goggles and. Yeah, you know, live, live, live the game, Lawnmower Man. You know, yeah, say, yeah, Lawnmower Man. Was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was part of that, um, that part of that big boom. So she puts Which on the is ironic head. because they have Oculus Rift now. Yes, and yeah, it's pretty cool. But people, it's not like changing the world. That's still just kind of like people. Yeah, yeah, people keep thinking system. VR is going to be like the fucking hollow deck for or, or like the Danger Room from Star Trek yes. and X Men. It's not, that shit ain't happening <laughs> anytime soon. Um, so she puts on the headset and she starts looking around for the monster in game, but she can't find it. Um, she takes the headset off and tells Drummond the monster. And she's like, she takes the headset and says, like, the monster's here. And like, how she, all right. She knows that apparently now because it's not in the game, so it must be here. Um, they look around. They don't see anything. So Drummond hands the, hands the VR headset back to her and it's like, hey, put this back on. Get back in there. I'll protect you while you're playing. Because he's holding like his. Trust me. Yeah. He's like, trust me. I got your back. So Laura puts it on, goes back to playing the game. She fights the monster, which is now there, apparently. It's there again. Um, uh, she's fighting the monster some more, but again, the monster just disappears on her in the middle of the fight. Laura takes off the headset and now finds that Drummond is also gone now, too. He's disappeared. She yeah, hears yeah, the- he, was, he was holding the axe that uh, Hardcore had earlier. Yes. The axe is on the ground. Thank you. He's nowhere I, to be found. I can't remember if it was the axe or a gun, but yes. Yeah, the axe is on the floor. Um, so... She hears a loud banging noise. In comes the cyber monster, and Laura ends up hiding behind a, a cubicle wall. Um, the monster says, game on. Uh, <laughs> I really want to hit that button right now, but I'm not. Uh, Laura takes off running, but finds herself at the edge of the hole left behind from the giant explosion. And this is where I got really confused about the layout of this place. Because, first of all, when we first see this building and the layout, you kind of get the, the idea that it's just a one-floor one floor building just, and that's it. Um, but then, but apparently there's multiple floors now. Cause, cause earlier we saw Drummond and Laura drop down through this hole to get bug, which means bug was below them when the fire happened and that blew up the floor. So they dropped down, but so they should be on the same level because, but apparently now somehow she's back up because she's looking back down through the hole again. 
So I don't, if, if that made any sense, I don't know, because I don't know how to make sense of this layout of this place. They're going, it, or how many holes did uh, this blow off? Like, how many? Don't, don't I, overthink I, it, baby. That stuff bothers me, though. Like, it, it bothers me. Like, my mind can't, like, I get focused on that. Like, I can't enjoy the movie or, like, when these, this shit like this happens. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Like, I don't know, but it's so weird. It's like, they're up, they're down, they're, like, brown, they're, I don't know. Um, anyway, the cyber monster pops up behind Laura, grabs her, and just throws her down the hole, and just, like, walks away, like, well, that did it, she's dead, and she, he just walks away thinking she's dead. Laura pretty much instantly comes to, like, I don't think she even knocked out. They just cut to her, and she's all like, hey, and she's, and she comes face to face with Hardcore's severed head. So again, hardcore is down there in the room that got blown up in the fire, but I Did I don't his know. Head fall down there. Yeah, like because they weren't hardcore's body wasn't in the room that blew up, but this is the room that blew up because he got thrown down the hole. Like, I I think they just wanted to use his head again. It's like his head looks so good. It does. It is a very good. So it's good. a it's a very good prosthetic head of Tyler May. I will say that we just have to use it again. I guess why not? You know, um, so. She gets up and frantically starts searching for a hardcore palm pilot, which she does find. And she tries to send an email with it, but gets a connection error. So the internet, wireless internet's not working now. Um, so, but then somehow is also able to pick up the video feed from the security monitors on the palm pilot, which just doesn't have a connection error because the internet's down. So how is it p- picking up a wireless signal from the computer monitors? Because Bluetooth wasn't a thing back then. So what the fuck is happening with I don't know. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. I don't magic, get it. I get it. Just magic. magic. Fine. Fuck it. Sorcery at work. Um, Laura sees Drummond in one of his offices and watches him pick up a disc. So I think we all kind of see at this point where this is going. Um, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. We cut back to Drummond. Working on the wires, trying to get uh, of the front door, like Han Solo trying to break into the bunker on Endor. He's messing all these wires together, uh, trying to get it open. And he turns around and sees footage of himself taking the disc on a screen and says, Ah, shit. And in comes Laura, saying that the disc was never missing, that he took it, that he's the spy and sold them all out from the start. And Drummond says to her, Thank God you're all right. But Laura isn't having any of that shit. She aims the gun at him and wants to know, where the disc is, Drummond pulls it out of his back pocket while saying, wait, wait, you have to trust me. Again, Laura ain't buying what Drummond's trying to sell and telling him that her now ex-boyfriend used to say that to her. Now, Drummond goes on quite the villain monologue here and honestly, it's delivered pretty well. And again, I'm just going to play this one for you because it is delivered pretty well and it, it just kind of, you know, explains why he... It, it, it wraps everything up in a yeah. nice little bow. Yeah, so here, here's Drummond explaining this. Why? Now, what answer you want to hear, Laura? Greed? No, no, that's that's too simple. Even though CompuRom is paying me a lot of money for this. Ambition? No, selling out your own company never looks good. Mom needs an operation. Now, wouldn't that be nice if it were true? See, I, I wish I could boil it down to one convenient little answer for you, intern, but the thing is, if you have to ask, and you really haven't learned a damn thing, have you? So don't ask me why. Ask yourself. Why not? What about your deal with Faye? In the business cards, your name on the building. Laura, who cares? That kind of thing may impress your folks, but out here, in the real world, 
Money is the only way they keep score, darling. Even if it means killing Hardcore and Saul and Bug? No, hold on. I didn't create that monster. They did. That's the point. You said it yourself. All that fighting, all that greed. Put that into a computer and yeah, you get a real scary mess. Sounds like social media. Yeah, it does. Just like the real world, right? That's right. The real world is messy because people are messy. Now, maybe you're too naive to believe that, or maybe you're just too stupid to learn. Either way, that fact separates us into the haves and the have-nots. It makes me a decision maker and you a doormat. It makes me a winner and you a So, there you have it. That's what he's saying. And then you hear the gunshot because she shoots him. And not, she doesn't just shoot him. She fucking kneecaps this guy and then just casually tosses the gun aside while saying, it's over for you, Drummond. Uh, and then Drummond goes on a rant saying, uh, it's not over. You know, you think it's over. The courts won't convict me. I'll be able to plea bargain. or I'll be, I'm fine. I'm not and Laura's turning and walking away. Drummond reaches over and pulls out the soul claw fucking crossbow and aims it at the back of Laura as she walks away. Laura pauses and says, that's not what I meant. And then Drummond looks over again and sees the cyber monster standing over him. Laura just walks away as the cyber monster yeah. rips Drummond apart. None of which we actually get to see on screen. Yeah, we don't get to see on screen, but we do see the cyber monster hold up Drummond's head and spine like he's fucking Sub-Zero. Uh, right. So now we cut to Laura all decked out in gaming gear. She's wearing the VR headset along with some like power gloves or something like that. She's got like these gloves on and she's yelling out for the cybermarch like, come get me, let's go. And she, and she's, she leads, this leads to a straight up sword fight between Laura and the cyber monster, which looks fucking ridiculous. It looks so silly. It's so, so the actress is wearing that VR headset. And I guess it's Tyler Maine in that crazy outfit. Who knows? And they're like, they kept having to cut so much. It's like they would like clash swords once and then like take a step back and cut and cut and cut different scenes because they couldn't have a fluid fight because they're both blinded by the ridiculous amount of like prosthetics and makeup and crap they're wearing. I know. It's just, it's so hard to take this thing seriously. Um, Laura then channels her inner Shawn Michaels and starts super kicking the cyber monster giving it sweet chin music, only it's more like sweet stomach music, but it's effective and sends a cyber monster flying back on its ass. Then this cyber monster also channels his inner heartbreak kid and kips up. This fucking metal monstrosity nips up or kips up or whatever you want to call it. It's insanity. And then kicks Laura through a wall. <laughs> they end up in the testing room where at the back, we saw the beginning of the movie with the kids. Um, Along with the fishing, and I, I, you know, which I'm guessing, could they show the fishing? I'm guessing that's about to come into play here in my notes when I wrote this down. I, I hadn't finished the movie yet. Uh, they circle around the table for a bit and each other. The cyber monster charges Laura, and I was right about the fish tank thing because at this point, yep. she uses the sword to smash the glass tank. The water floods out, which causes the electro suit to electrify its the exosuit to electrify itself. Sparks and electricity shoot out of the exosuit, which honestly doesn't look that bad. Um, the cyber monster. It's a fucking light show, baby. It is it's a fucking fireworks display. Uh, the cyber monster collapses to the floor. Laura goes over to it, uses her foot to kick it over onto its back. The cyber monster is still alive and saying something that I can't make out. I don't know. Um, Laura raises the Laura raises her sword and says, "Bitch, I'm the game." 
time to play the game. No, I'm crazy. She, she doesn't say that. She she just brings the sword down. Um, uh, uh and uh, uh, and it pales the, the the cyber monster. But the angle we see it, it kind of looks. Yes, thank you. You saw that. Like it looks like she's gonna yes. him in the cyber dick. Cause that's what it looks like. Uh, it so looked like she stabbed him right in the crotch. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and blue bolts of electricity shoot out and they, they swarm, they roll all over the cyber monster and then, then they disperse. And we cut to the computer screen where we watch the monster die in the video game with the words, you win, flashing on the screen. Let's talk. What a shitty ending scene for that! You beat the game, and all you get is the you win. That's some new. That's some Nintendo level end game yeah. bullshit. Like my god. <laughs> uh, anyway, the camera pulls back now to reveal the test room, full of kids cheering as they as they too beat the game. And oh, the fishing by the way is been fixed. In case you're wondering, all the fish are back and yeah, safe. They're all on there. Fish are back. The camera pulls back some more. And we see the kids are now on a TV, and we see Yvette turn the TV, excuse me, turn the TV off, spin around in her chair to face the new, cold, no-nonsense Laura, who's wearing like a black power suit. She has her hair slicked and pulled back. She's, she's got, got black eyeliner. Yeah, she's, she's got like the dark eyes. Up. She's she, yeah, she's the no no-nonsense bitch Laura now. And Laura tells Faye that she wants three things. One, she wants the million-dollar bonus that she promised. Two, she that the game gets released this fall in order to beat out the competition. And she says, three, it's like you said. You never know what the competition will do. And then she holds up a blood-stained disc saying spies are everywhere. And the, that famous Yvette just pulls out the fucking checkbook and starts writing her a check because she's holding the, I guess... What that that kind of like yeah I killed everybody for the she said I killed them I'll kill you too like I don't know what that well, means they, but they, <laughs> they did talk about they did mention that they go I she goes it's kind of interesting that you were able to place all the murders on Durden or whatever his name is not Tyler Durden uh what was his name Drummond 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 yeah because she because there's they, she she's like yeah so everything I can't like I'm pretty surprised the cops believe that Drummond killed all those people and you know kind of like uh, hinting that. She knows something else happened, but, uh, you know, old girl isn't going to give it up. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, but anyway, so, yeah, Yvette starts writing her check on a spot, and then we cut outside where we see a new sign being hung up on the side of the building that reads Wheeler Software. Then we go right back inside to where we see the new and improved Wheeler Software Company filled with bustling employees, ringing phones. It's the same building that you saw only it's been repaired. There's no giant holes in the wall and no yeah. fire damage. And all the new employees, it's filled to the brim. Laura's new assistant calls her on speakerphone telling that the new intern is here. Laura has her sent in. Laura's in her office giving some crony the business for the mock-up model of their new villain for their new video game, Satan Claus. And that's not scary enough. Uh, she hangs up like on him. It, yeah. did. it did look like shit. It did so. look like shit. Um, the intern tries to ask Laura some questions, but it's pretty much blown off every time. Cause Laura's a big, big wig. Now he doesn't have time for the little people. It's like, are you serious with that? That well, next question, whatever. Um, and that is until the intern snaps a bit saying, look, Miss Wheeler, I'm trying to be nice here to that. Laura looks up and says, don't, don't be nice. The world's not nice. And now Laura goes on her Drummond like speech 
while we get flashbacks of the burning wreckage and carnage from earlier in the movie. And the big reveal... Now, I do have her speech here. I, I, I can play the speech here uh, if uh, of Laura. It kind of wraps everything up because she takes bits and pieces from everybody. Drummond. From Drummond and yeah. Saul and everybody and, and puts it into her own speech. So here's Laura's Don't. speech. What? Don't be nice. It's about a minute long. What? I can handle Why? a minute. Because the world is not nice. It is complicated and it is messy. It is overflowing with arrogance and greed and uncertainty. It's a lot of heinous shit. It's a world where bad wins out every single time. Now, maybe you're too naive to believe that or too stupid to learn it. But if you believe in the good and mercy of others, you will always lose. You will always be the victim. And then you'll learn in turn. You'll learn. All right, so... And that's at that point they it cuts the black the credits roll and that's in the movie. But during that end, during that speech, we see that you know you say we get flashbacks about that. But at the very end, uh, there's a big reveal. Of the flashback comes when Laura is wearing the VR headset, and we see a shot of her in the game looking down at a puddle of water or some ice or something, and we and seeing her reflection. But instead of seeing like the video game hero. Or like the good guy, we see the demon monster overlord looking back at her, suggesting that the players were the monsters the whole time, or that she was the monster the whole time. Um, so it's kind of weird. I I I don't understand where that was kind of going. Like I get it, but I don't get it at the same time because it, like, you, you know, the it, opening so like, game like what you're going for. Yeah, but I don't know if it really stuck because she's not necessarily. It's very clear that she was the good person the whole time she yeah. beat the bad guy she fought heroically towards the end she did everything a hero would normally do she didn't backstab anybody no she 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 was pretty much a classic hero throughout the entire journey so saying is the player the monster or did the monster infect her in some way shape or form and corrupt her uh it, it it's I know what you mean. I, I feel the same way. I, I kind of get what they're going for, but I kind of don't need it. Yeah, I, 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 it misses the mark. I think, exactly. I get it, but I don't get it. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, that's how the movie ends. Like, then next, she finishes her speech, blackout, you heard the music roll. That's the movie. That's how to make a monster. Um, so with, with, with that said, uh, let's move on to uh, favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. This is going to be a hard one because there's not a whole lot of kills and really none of them are on screen. The kills are pretty weak. Very weak, which is surprising because, again, I get it. If this was a TV made-for-TV movie, I kind of get it that the kills are off screen. But there's tits. There's bounce, big, bouncy tits right in your face that pretty that they can show, but they can't show the kills? Like, I don't... But they... they yeah, also, which means this has gore. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, they're they're dead. Like you don't see the kills, but I mean, you see the aftermath. You see Saul's hacked up body and body parts missing, his head cut off, and Tyler Maine's head cut off. And then 
Drummond gets his head torn clean off Sub-Zero style. So, I mean, there's there's gore. We don't see any of the actual kills, per se. But yeah. we see a good, bloody aftermath. Yeah, so I don't really know how to pick a favorite kill. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Drummond. Okay. At the end, getting, getting Sub-Zero, that's that's my favorite kill. Uh, and honestly, I'm probably going to the same thing. Because, like I said, you don't really see any of them. Hardcore, you kind of get some blood spot in the window, but... Even though, like, so what we, all we can do is judge on like the aftermath. And again, so seeing the drumming head and spine hanging out, the spinal cord, is the best after effect. So I'm going to go through and go drumming as well. Like, there's really not much to go on for this movie. Uh, it's really sad. Um, it had potential to be some gory stuff or some, but I guess it was just they're limited by whatever this movie was meant to be on or be for. But that, that's sad. So that, that's it. Let's move on to odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over. Here comes the odds and ends. All right, so <laughs> ratings. IMDb gives it a 4.4 out of 10. Uh, Ron Tomatoes, there is no official thermometer score, but it has a 31% audience score. But <laughs> Amazon, Amazon gives it a 4 out of 5, which wow. surprised me. Yeah. Uh, plot keywords, there are 91 plot keywords. Wow. Yeah. Um, some of the ones, like Computer Nerd, um, Evil Computer, Psychotronic film is back again. That thing keeps popping up. Psychotronic. Psychotronic. Face slap. And Palm Pilot made it. Palm Pilot made the list. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so that's really that's all that really there. And that, so trivia. Um, here's a few things about it that I could dig up. Um, so first of all, the scene where where um Hardcore is looking around for the, the capture suit where he's like, come and get, you want hardcore? You know, where is it? Where is it? And he, he's yeah. got those two swords. Well, Crazy swords. Yeah. yeah, the sword he has in his right hand, with, it had like a, a spiked handguard on it, um, is a replica sword of the sword that Julie Stain uses in Heavy Metal 2000. So, take, oh, okay. Yeah, I actually, I've never seen it, but I'll take it for what it is. Um, sure. And then supposedly, this is, it ties in. I'm very with the timeline fits, but uh, so one of the images on the computer that's downloading when it's going through all those violent images that sounds like you know Hitler and war and and, and all that um, from the internet. Uh, one of the photos is of a girl named Casey Rugziger. I'm, I'm sorry for butcher that name, but Rugziger. And apparently, she was one of the people injured or killed during the Columbine High School massacre in 1999 which was Yikes. right before this movie was. So I guess they fit that in there as a way to, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Well, they're all talking about how, you know, how all the horrible things have happened that, that yeah. people do. And that's at that time, that's the most horrific, unbelievable thing that happened. That ru- shook, the, shook was, the country at the time. It started the, the school shooting craze. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, now this one, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, but I think this might be a loose remake of the 1955 movie. How to Make a Monster, which is about a monster, a master monster makeup artist who gets fired and then goes all Dr. Frankenstein by bringing his new monster creations to life in order to exact revenge, which is similar to having a a master AI people bring an artificial life, artificially made monster to life to kill people. So like I said, it could be very, very loosely based, but it has the exact same name uh, and there's, there are similarities there. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, 
Unfortunately, I, I don't have. Uh, there's no budget for this movie. I, I uh, could, yeah, I couldn't find that. So that brings us straight into our, our our reviews, our comments. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Kombat Combat? All right, so on Amazon, there's there's 27 total reviews for this movie on Amazon. 52 percent of them are five stars, with only eight percent being one star. That wow, that discrepancy blew my mind. Like the gap is that big. Um, so first from uh, Roman. Pachico. Not Pe Jossard. No. <laughs> no. Uh, people who are into video games, scary movies, this is a great combination. Five stars. Simple. Tyler Bat Batchu. This is a fantastic movie. Very predictable, low budget, but completely worth it. Not to mention a great cast. Five stars. Anton. This movie is kind of cheesy, but one of my favorites. If you're a fan of video games and horror movies, this would be a great match for you. Even if the film is kind of cheesy, if you are a true horror fan, you can still appreciate it. Glad to add to my collection. Five stars. Uh, last two five stars I wrote, and we'll move on. From Lady DB. Love it. It's corny, cheesy, but it's got Julie Stain. Topless. As if that isn't enough to make you go buy it. Also, the actors playing their given parts are unbelievable. All gamers will be able to nitpick this to death, but you gotta love Clea Duvall, Cheese, Strain, and that monstrous wrestler, the concept is pretty awesome, too. Nice gore factor also. Smiley face, five stars. Last five-star review I wrote down from Amazon customer. To be honest, I initially watched this film because Stephen Culp, a favorite actor of mine, was in it. Yes, that's a cheesy reason to watch the movie. No, that's not, because that's most reason people watch a lot of movies because their favorite actor is yeah. in it. That's a very normal reason, buddy. But anyway, the plot surrounded a little silly, so I had my doubts going in. To my surprise, it was brilliant. Basically, the film is a social commentary disguised as a B-horror flick. The movie attempts to define what actual, what actually constitutes a monster and probes the extent to which there is the capability for darkness in everyone. While the movie can be a bit contrived in parts, the film delivers overall. I found myself lulled into believing the movie could end predictably, but was presently thrown for a loop. The characters, as in any good B-movie, are overblown and a bit unbelievable. The exceptions are Culp and co-star Clea Duvall, both are engagingly individual, engaging individually and together. They have a believable chemistry. Duvall's evolution as a character and Culp's final speech were worth the entire movie. Five stars. So I wrote down one, two, two one-star reviews and a, and a okay. comment I found on YouTube because I, you know the movie's on YouTube. And I found yeah. a comment that this needs to be read. So one star from from Matt, uh, entitled "Terrible and Yet Somehow Still Likable." Some movies can make you cringe because of how poor they are made. How to Make a Monster can make you cringe, but it also does a miraculous feat by getting you on its side. The writing and the acting in this movie is literally the worst I've ever seen on screen. I am not exaggerating. There are some scenes in HTMM that are so surreal, you have to rewind it to make sure you just saw them. In a single most ludicrous moment in the movie, Clea Duvall is explained to a man that she is going to die because the monster is loose. The man then pro proceeds to slap her for no reason whatsoever. 
She has no reaction at all to the slap and then instantly slaps him back. I expected him to retaliate with another slap because that would have totally made even less sense. What's hard to admit is that the more you <laughs> buy into this ridiculous things that are told by these characters, the more it kind of starts to make sense. Oh, and it turns out in hell where the virtual world is set, there are fish tanks that can be broken and used to electrocute people. Thanks, George Wang, for being the worst person in the world. <laughs> One star. <laughs> what? That's all, <laughs> That's all over the place. That's like, I like it, I hate it, I like it, I hate it. He doesn't know. So, all right. David Howard writes, we cannot, be you, we cannot believe what a piece of crap this movie was. The effects in the movie were subpar, to say the least, and as a cult classic, it is a complete failure. The character acting is stiff and unrealistic or simply trite and uninvolving. The plot was childish, something I would expect to see out of a movie aimed at young teenagers. The social commentary is superficial and uninteresting. Honestly, I think my cat may have more to say on the corruption of society than the script in this movie. Bug was such a complete stereotype with absolutely no unique character ideas. The genius and the muscle-bound idiot were equally unappealing. The two main characters, Laura and her boss, seem about as engaging as Bryant, as Bryant Gumbel on a bad day. If this had been done in the 70s, hell, even the 80s, they could have gotten away with this travesty. It could have been forgiven, but this is just no excuse for how incredibly cheap and entirely this entire movie feels. If you need to feel deep without using your brain whatsoever, rent this movie. If you and your friends like to watch crap late at night and pretend to be scared, then rent this movie. If you want something to eat up your time and leave you absolutely nothing in return, rent this movie. Otherwise, this movie has no redeeming quality whatsoever. As a passing glance might suggest, and those who actually spent money on this thing should be ashamed of themselves. One star. Again, kind of harsh and a bit much. But yeah, the come last, on, man. The last thing I'm going to read is from this uh, a YouTube comment, which I normally don't do, but it was right there in front of me. And it's, um, I don't know. It's from J. Cole. We need more movies like this. Not only does it include a situation that's believable, but this <laughs> is... Sh but it's this sort of programming shenanigans that led to system shock. Never mind things like VR and even more advanced game AI becoming the norm. That's his comment. I'm like, wait, what? First of all, you think this is believable? Did, are you the type of person who watches Chopping Mall and thought it was a documentary or something? Like, what are, the Are fuck? you interrupting your reading to rant about the rant? Yeah, like, what is happening? No, the, it's just, over. Just the keep rant. reading it. That's oh. it. That's oh. it. No, the, oh. the, the, never mind things like VR and even more advanced game AI become the norm. That's it. That's the end of the comment after the, ah, okay. this could okay. be believable. I bitching in the middle of the, the, like, the, middle of the rant. No, it's, it's, it's just short. I just had it right because like, he writes that this is this situation is believable and program shenanigans led to system shock. Never mind yeah, VR. Yeah, that's pretty it's funny. Like, what? Are you serious? All right. Anyway, that's that. That's we'll wrap it up for here. Um, So... Let's do, let's do our final takes on, on how to make a monster. Aaron, what, what, what do you got this week? Uh, I, I gotta say I was never bored. Uh, the whole time I watched it, I was kind of interested. I thought the acting was a lot better than a lot of other movies we saw. Tyler Maine, kind of cool. I mean, I always see him as Sabretooth or as Michael Myers from Rob Zombie films or other hulking kind of like a mass killer. You don't you don't see his actual action acting chops. And I expected dog shit, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I see why they put him in the mask, but <laughs> at the end of the day, not that bad. Not that bad. He's just so distracting because he's so big. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the other actors did pretty well. Everyone did pretty good. The effects weren't horrible. So bad it's good. Really? I, I actually, I Whoa. enjoyed it. I, I had a good time watching it. Yeah, it's cheesy. Yeah, it's silly. The the game was dumb, but I never got bored. I kind of liked it. So bad it's good. Wow. I thought for sure you were gonna hate this movie. I was like, oh, I think I found, I found a bad one for Aaron. This is going to be fun to talk about. Wow, I'm stunned. Um, I will say a lot of things. I will echo a lot of things you said. The acting was better than I expected it to be. Uh, I mean, Cleo Duvall is fine. She's been in lots of things. Uh, Stephen Culp's fine. Uh, he, like I said, that villain monologue he delivers at the end is really good. Um, Kareem Prince or Price, the guy who plays Saul, he was fine too. Like he had some good moments. Yeah. Tyler Maine was better than I thought. I mean, they, all these characters have gone on to have had, have had some solid careers. Um, so it's just the the ridiculous and ludicrous premise of this movie that is so bonkers. It's like, can I get behind it? Like I don't know. Um, but if you can get past all the technical nonsense that probably is bullshit at the core, like it probably doesn't make any sense to anybody who actually knows how to do this stuff. Uh, and like the weird logistical problems, like the, the fireball blow, the building blowing up and then like them warping between floors up and down. Like, I don't know, like <laughs> Mario going up and down a pipe or something. I don't, I don't know how they're doing it, but I don't know. Like I'm torn with this one. Like I thought for sure coming into it, I was going to be like, oh, so bad. Scary. This movie's garbage. Don't watch it. But because, and the fact that there's like no good kills, um, that kind of makes it, puts a damper on it. But at the same time, it's like the performances are good. The story's eh, but the actors kind of sell it, and like we, ha- I had fun talking about it with you. So yeah, I think also the fact that you can watch this free on YouTube without any monetary investment. I'm gonna say go ahead and watch it once, yeah, just for the insanity. I'll say so bad it's good. I n- did not think I was gonna say that at all. I thought for sure I was gonna say so bad it's scary, uh, but for free watch, just go watch on YouTube for once and just. If anything, it's so just to see the insane visuals of this cyber monster in an exosuit running around is, is just insanity. It's bonkers to look at. It's, it's great for a laugh. Um, so there, all right, there you go. Um, I guess that's gonna wrap us up for now. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a fun movie. I mean, it, it got. I mean, every horror movie we watch, you have any any horror movie you watch. Period. You have to have a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, and I felt like they just pushed it enough for me that I could, you know, all right, sure, let's have some, let's let's go along for the ride, you know. It 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 just hit that right note for me that I yeah I get it. The logic of a lot of situations was just completely bullshit, but it was just charming enough to keep me in. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you on that. All right, so there we have it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully everything worked out. We're trying something new with the audio this week, so I hope it came out all right. Uh, I apologize if there's any technical, if the audio sounds funky. Oh, wait, oh. I have one last thing. One okay. last thing. All right. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on it. Actually, I'm very surprised you didn't pick up on it. You must have looked away for just a split second, because it is just a very brief, brief, brief showing. Okay. When they have the explosion and they go down to the second floor where Bug's body is found, when... Um, the girl and Drummond go down to find the body. They're painting over the wreckage, and they come. There's a pile of video games on the floor, and one of the games that they pan on over 
is a WWE SmackDown. Oh, SmackDown! Game. Yes, I I saw that. I was like, With none I... other than the fucking game. On it right there. <laughs> so hit my music, motherfucker. Time yes, I did. I did notice that. I, I did a double take. But yeah. <laughs> That's, yes, the game is on there. So with that in mind, guys, remember. Thank you for listening. Watch more horror movies. And remember, it's all about the game. And we're gonna let this play out. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, I, I did. I just got the message here. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. And remember, keep it tight.